Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let us ask the Lord to bless his word today. Our God and our Father, we ask you, O Lord, to let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts, Lord, be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. This past Thursday was the day of ascension. This day passed us by with very little fanfare. Most people in the world, even Christians, let the day go by without much as even a notice. Satan and all those people in the world who hate God want you not to take any notice of Christ's ascension. They want you to have a private faith, a faith that is yours and has no relevance or impact in the world around you. They desire that every Christian cowers into obscurity of no public faith. People of God, they want you to believe the lie that renders you of no consequence. All through history, the enemies of God were never concerned about a person's private faith, but rather the claim that Jesus is Lord. This is the issue. What is the key issue in the world today? Many point to all kinds of violence, distresses, troubles. They've tried all kinds of solutions, money, democracy, education, tribes, family, and many other idols. None bring relief. All must declare that Jesus is Lord, confess their rebellion to the one true God and His Son. Consider Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And being found in the appearance as a man, He, that is Jesus, humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those of earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. The ascension is no light thing. This is why the church calendar is so helpful to remind us not only of the birth death, and resurrection, but the culmination of all of these is the ascension, where Jesus rules and makes intercession for the church for the purpose of the nations being discipled. Let us consider the scriptures. We see at the end of Luke in our gospel reading today, in Luke 24, beginning in verse 44, it says this, Then he, that is Jesus, said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that the repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name. Preached in His name how? To all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. 
Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power. And then he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Now it came to pass that while he blessed them, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And it ends with the word, Amen. First of all, we need to look and understand that understanding was given to them. We also know that the book of Acts, which are often called the Acts of the Apostles, but we really could say they are the Acts of Jesus, through his church but the book of acts is a continuation of the gospel of luke look at acts chapter one and it says this in verse one the former accounts i made o theopolis of all that jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the holy spirit had given the commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive and after his suffering listen now by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus was speaking to his disciples and teaching them about God's way. We see again, looking back at the Luke 24 passage, that all that it had to do about Jesus had to be fulfilled, which were written in the laws of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. And I know you're saying, well, you just read that. Why are you emphasizing this? Well, the issue is this. Many people tend to look at the Scriptures and say, what does this mean to me? I need to understand this, and it's all about me and my perspective. Jesus said, let me explain to you what God was saying through Moses, the law, the prophets, and Psalms. Not what we think it is, but what was God himself saying. You will remember last week that in our study of John 14, we were reminded that Jesus, during not just his three-year ministry, but even up to the last hours of his life, he was teaching and praying for his disciples, not only the 12, but all current and future disciples. Jesus continues this for 40 days so that his disciples will be equipped to carry on his mission to reconcile sinners to his Father. Again, we need to be careful about thinking, all right, my perspective on the scriptures is right. What? does God say his scriptures mean? We need to use scripture <clears throat> to interpret scripture. We need to see that Jesus' words of clarification are important. They are the way to understand this. All of this leads us to understand that Jesus is Lord of all. If we go back to uh, Acts chapter 1, we see in verse 9, he says that when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken, that is, lifted up, exalted, taken up in two, and a cloud received them out of their sight. Now, 
Sometimes we get this idea that Jesus floated up onto a cloud and he kind of floated away on a cloud like a balloon of some sort. But that is not, in fact, what's going on here. Think about this. He was taken up, exalted, into a, and, and the cloud received him. This reminds us of Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, where we see this. It says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them in the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. We also see in 1 Kings chap chapter 8 that the glory cloud of God fills Solomon's temple. This cloud that he's received into is not just an ordinary cloud. He's not riding the cloud train to heaven. But the, the word of God says that the cloud received him. Here we see the glory cloud of Yahweh received Jesus. This Greek word receive means to receive hospitably, to greet, to bring in, to place into a particular seat. God the Father received Jesus into the physical manifestation of the throne room to the Father's right hand. Back to Acts chapter 1 and it says this, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, Two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from on high. He was taken up and placed at the highest position to the right hand of God the Father. All of this brings us to thinking and considering other places of Scripture. Think in Psalm chapter 2, where it says this beginning in verse 1, Why do the nations rage, and the people's plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, that is Jesus Christ, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. We must realize that the thing that the enemies of God fear most is that they might have to submit to God. But the truth is, they actually already know that they are bound to God. And this is why they rage. And they desire to break their bonds into pieces and cast away their cords from them. That word there, in that, breaking their bonds and their cords, this is God almighty and his anointed his son look at god's response in verse 4 of psalm 2 it says he that is god who sits in the heavens shall laugh the lord shall hold them in derision then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure and why does he do this he says yet i have set my king on my holy hill of zion god has set jesus as king and as we see in Psalms 110, it says this, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until when? Till I make your enemies your footstool. Again, we can look in Daniel chapter 7, beginning in verse 13, and consider this. I, that is Daniel, was watching 
in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Now listen, people. Then to him God was given to him give excuse me then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom listen people of god why was dominion and that's glory given the second half of verse 14 says that all peoples nations and languages should serve him there is a purpose to jesus sitting at the right hand it is so that all nations, peoples, and languages should serve him. And what level of authority was Jesus given at his ascension? Again, from Daniel chapter 7, it says, His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is the one that shall not be destroyed. You've heard me say this again and again, kingdoms will fall. Empires will fall, but the church shall remain because the head of the church, Jesus Christ, sits at the right hand of God the Father. Revelation chapter 12 reminds us of this. Beginning in verse 1, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and on her head was a garland of twelve stars. Then, being with child, she cried out, in labor and in pain to give birth and another sign appeared in heaven behold a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born here we see this picture of the dragon the serpent being right there ready to destroy the son that is born. What did we see at Christ's birth? We saw the agents of Satan come and kill the children, trying to destroy and devour up Jesus at his birth. It says this in verse 5 of Revelation 12. She bore a male child who was to rule, what? All nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne this is clearly jesus christ and not only does it say that the serpent will fight against him and that he brought all this wickedness to the world and brought down many demons with him but it says that this child is born to rule all nations with the rod of iron and that her child was caught up to god and his throne we see this again in verse 7 of chapter 12 of Revelation. And a war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. Listen now. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. These offspring are the church. Perhaps we could even say is 
the church. These are the saints who God has called to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth and take and subdue it. That is dominion. That is our calling. Jesus is omnipresent. He sits at the right hand and God is all around us. We see in Psalm 110 verse 7, Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be a light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide, excuse me, indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines in the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. We can go nowhere where God and His Spirit isn't already present. We sing this frequently when we sing St. Patrick's Breastplate or the Lorica. Think of the chorus. Christ with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. People of God, we can look at Romans chapter 8 and see this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. Furthermore, is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Again, we see, we hear echoes of Psalm 110 in Romans 8:35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. People of God, Jesus, for the sake of the church and all those to whom he has called to be discipled, has called us to fulfill that mission, we do not have to be afraid of anything. Do not keep your faith as a private thing. It never was a private thing. It is always public. The covenant of God is public. That is why we come in together and publicly confess our sins. It is not a private thing. It is public. Because Jesus sits at the right hand 
of God the Father because he has ascended. Let us consider Jesus and the nations in the second half of Psalm 2. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Listen now, verse 8. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Think of our Revelation passage where he talked about being set at the right hand, but he shall have a rod, right? It says this, You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them into pieces like a potter's vessel. Jesus here, through the, through the Spirit of God, is being told that he sits on the throne. And what you ask of me, the nations, I will give it as an, your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. It is a call for dominion and to be fruitful. Jesus is Lord. He has asked his Father for all the nations. And each and every one of us has been charged with completing the mission he has given us. Have no fear. Jesus is on the throne. He is interceding for us so that we have all we need to complete the great commission to truly be the priests of the world. Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. We are called to bring the message of the forgiveness of sins for the reconciliation of man through Christ Jesus. If we consider the close of Psalm 2, it says this, Now therefore be wise, O kings, and all their subjects. Be instructed, you judges of the earth, and all those to whom they speak to. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. How do you rejoice and tremble? You rejoice because even though you know you are completely undone by your own sin, that forgiveness is available through Jesus Christ. That you can be reconciled to God the Father through the work of Jesus Christ. Because it says this in verse 12, Kiss the Son. This is a sign of submission to your Lord. This is not some sort of act they want you to visualize and think about. No, submit yourself because Jesus is Lord. Do not be like those in the beginning of Psalm 2 who say, I know Jesus is Lord. I know God created everything. I know all this, but I want to break away from those bonds. No, people of God, submit yourself to God's word. Submit yourself to Jesus Christ. Kiss the Son. And it says this, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. This word kindle here tells us and gives us the image of just starting. It is small. It is just discipline and not destruction. But listen, if you don't, repent. 
then what will happen? You will be dashed like pottery into pieces. So declare Jesus is Lord. The end of Psalm 2 says, Blessed are all those who put their trust in Him. People of God, Christ is ascended. He is ascended indeed. So say with me, Christ is ascended and? Have no fear. God is working through you to minister to the world, beginning in your own household, this church, your greater community, to the very ends of the earth. Let us pray. Our Father, we pray that you would keep us from cluttering our minds with false hopes, with trying to compel you or plead with you to go our own way instead of your ordained way, of raising up false hopes to delude ourselves and others. Grant that our minds be fixed where our true joys are to be found, even in Jesus Christ. Grant that our hope be grounded upon him and upon your word, so that we may see all things clearly and work with knowledge and have hope in Jesus our Lord, who is King of all. Amen.